This time on Know Not the Mind Probe, episode number 88, Good Things Come in Who Packages. Welcome to No, Not the Mind Pro. I was doing the the virus voice. Very good. And it's a very, it's a, that is a great John Leeson, of course, but I, I love the, keeps, uh, has to repeat uh, his sort of whole resume uh, every time he starts talking. He's like, I am the virus of the nucleus of the swarm of the president. <laughs> I am, I am John Grant of Palantir of the Civil Liberty. And like every time I had to talk. Yeah, um, that's my, but that's my, I could be, I could be a monster. I think I could voice a monster. Sure. I mean, Nick Briggs can't do all of them. Uh, that's a, that's a hilarious reference if you're a really hardcore <laughs> Dr. Who person. Mm, uh, but if, and you know what? You would be a really hardcore Dr. Who person if you've listened to all 88 episodes of this podcast at this hmm. point. But that's what this is, folks. It's a podcast. It's a podcast uh, where we watch and rank every single Dr. Who episode ever. My name is John Grant of the Nucleus of the Swarm of the Purpose. Uh, and <laughs> I have been a Dr. Who fan for 38 amazing years life a lifelong fan for 38 amazing years mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and your if your life ends tonight that'll no. be true for the for i mean the rest. of course i'm 45 almost 46 no. so i guess i haven't really been a lifelong fan I, conscious no. life uh-huh. everything under age 10 doesn't count and boy do i wish i knew that when i was <laughs> under 10 yeah, i'm so glad i killed a lot of people oh yeah well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's see okay well that's serving its purpose that's what it's meant to do it's yeah, to free give you that chance yeah your childish notions of murder. Childish murders. <laughs> uh, my name is Porter Mason. John's been asking me to watch Doctor Who for mm-hmm. 26 years. Mm-hmm. Three years ago, mm-hmm. I finally said yes. It only it was took the global pandemic. Yeah. Exactly. It was an October night, six months into a pandemic. The world shut down. <laughs> Sicily, 2020. We assumed that <laughs> we assumed we weren't going to make our lives it. were over. But that's really what it is. I assumed like, well, my life's I, over I now. I guess I, I go. Yeah, that was really more it too. I thought like, well, I can make this dumb promise to John to watch all the Doctor Who episodes. Like, my life is ending soon, yep. so yep. it's might as well. And everybody else is like, I can start listening to this because I won't have to commit to it for that long. And well, <laughs> you're all screwed. Oh, screwed. <laughs> Uh, what we do is each episode of the podcast, we look at two stories. One of the new who we're watching that in order. We just started the, the 12th doctor years, the Peter Baldi years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then John pairs that episode with an episode from classic who John, what are we watching this episode? We go inside. We're going inside the inside. That, that's how I tag this one. Uh, first off, uh, yes, we've got Peter Capaldi and John Coleman. We're heading inside the Dalek. Um, you know, when you when you launch a new doctor, it's always a good idea to bring out your big guns. You got to bring out your publicity machine, and people love Daleks. So yeah, we get to um, inside the Dalek, and I've paired that with um, again. Sometimes these pair easily. Sometimes it's not hard. Another one where we shrink down the doctor and he goes inside. Um, this time, Tom Baker, the fourth doctor, and Leela. Uh, we, we just watched, uh, we've just seen it. So we're, we're on a Tom Baker Leela kick uh, at the moment. Uh, and uh, we have them uh, in The Invisible Enemy with the first appearance of Porter's favorite. Yes, the robot dog you all know and love, K9. Yay. <laughs> 
All right, so we're going to recap these episodes. We're mm-hmm. going to start with the new Who. This is C- Series 8, Episode 2, the 243rd Doctor Who story. It aired in August, August 30th, 2014. We got the 12th Doctor. We got uh, Clara and some other people who... <laughs> oh, we also got a, we got a peek into Clara's uh, home life, mm. which we haven't seen in a little while and seems to constantly change. <laughs> <laughs> Currently now she's a teacher, so mm-hmm, good for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But first we're going to listen to a clip here. John is prepared, and mm-hmm. I'm playing for you now. You'll probably feel a bit sick. Please, don't be. Where's my brother? Although I'm the doctor. He was right beside me. Where's Kai? How did I get here? I materialized the time capsule exactly around you and saved your life one second before your ship exploded, but do please keep crying. My brother just died. His sister didn't. You're very welcome. Put the gun down. Or what? Or you might shoot me. Then where will you be? In charge of your vessel. You'd starve to death trying to find the light switch. Who are you? I'm Lieutenant Journey Blue of the Combined Galactic Resistance. I demand you take me back to my command ship, the Aristotle, which is currently located... No. Hey, not like that. You will take me back to my command ship, which is currently positioned... No, no, come on. Not like that. Not like that. Get it right. Will you take me back to my ship? Please? A prickly, a prickly Peter Capaldi. I like that. Kicking that one off, yeah. I like it very much. Yeah, so as I mentioned, we start off the episode seeing Clara in her in her natural state, I guess. I mean, again, she seemed to be a nanny. We never saw those kids again. We never see the kids again, I guess. Is that part well, of what we're yeah, talking so about? Yeah, so she, right, now she's a teacher. Yeah, okay. Because remember, yeah. we did have at the, um, uh, we did have at, in Day of the Doctor, she's at Cole Hill School, and she's teaching which was a thing that we hadn't really heard that much about in the past she was a nanny yeah Yeah. i don't know there's a lot of clara um room floor plot lines here so um which uh, by the way the way you can believe all this a constantly changing story with different jobs and whatever is that like she's extremely attractive extremely attractive people get to do whatever they want so (laughs) if she just decided suddenly i'm going to be a teacher the school will be like oh i should please uh, be our guest Uh, so yeah you know know, if you're hot uh and i'm i'll i'll just look i'm gonna i'm gonna open the door take us into that world (laughs) (laughs) you don't even you don't even need a resume you can just you can just walk in and just demand to do anything uh and people are like like, um, hot so what does that movie say my face is my passport it's like my face is my resume you just yeah. come in and, mm-hmm. you're like, and people are like i'm john mm. grant my face is my resume and then they're people like oh like, yes of course well i want to kiss that okay uh so <laughs> it yeah. could be like a vending machine they're like i want to kiss that they're like sure please sure, sir, whatever <laughs> well so she's there and she has um a, a drawn out interaction which i i Maybe it's only just for this episode, but seems like we're going to meet this gentleman again. Yes, Mr. we will meet Pink, him again. Danny Pink. Who, all we know is he was a soldier, and he has some some stress, some post-traumatic stress of some kind. And mm-hmm. uh, Clara asked him out. He doesn't handle it well. And then, <laughs> it's, and then a very, the doctor... it's a very meet-cute. It's a very Stephen mm-hmm. Ma- again, Stephen Moffat's coupling roots kind of coming out here, right? Sort of like a little bit. He, he keeps like, they sort of try to ask her out and then he says the wrong thing and they kind of fly. Yeah. Anyway. And they're about to go out for the drink 
and uh, that's when the doctor comes and picks Clara up. What the doctor comes to uh, and to ask is, uh, he's been taken aboard. We just heard this. He grabs a woman who's sends out an SOS signal and their ship is crashing, gets her on board. The interaction we just heard happens and we find out that her ship is nearby. He's going to take her back there. And then they're they're pretty rough <laughs> with him. They're basically going to kill him because they feel like, well, you know, the location of her ship. We're just going right. to kill you. They're nice about it. They're like, sorry, I mean, we totally don't want to do this. But, we but they find out they're in a battle with Daleks and they actually have yeah. a Dalek on board. <laughs> yep. And the Dalek seems to be have no memory of of exactly what it is or, or just it's a good dalek is what it seems to be but uh it's also sick and yep. so they need help fixing it so so the doctor poses to clara am i a good person yes am i a good man and she hesitates and says i i really don't know like i don't you know i'm not sure about that right she's and like as far as like, i yeah that's what i was afraid of. You <laughs> me neither i don't know a lot of people yeah <laughs> you've killed a lot of people so genocide you uh, last thing i remember is i tried to, i saved you from committing genocide and like double genocide i think yeah. <laughs> but you know it's jury still out double secret genocide double like secret genocide. yeah it's the worst and by the way i would say this interaction we brought in immediately kind of to me got a little footing for me of like okay i i feel like they're they're finding their patterns with one another more just the way that he talks to her, the way he's yeah. bringing her on, because he's now we're out of the regeneration. He's becoming he, just, his conscience, he feels more confident right? I mean, and in like who he is. Both the actor and the doctor feels uh, more comfortable. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I I think he's becoming his. She's conscience, his conscience, right? Just, yeah, yeah. There's like a little yeah. bit of like. So yeah, what we I think, I think we might be a little lagged, but I think we'll we'll power through it. Little, yeah. we'll catch up. So so um so we end up deciding that we're going to shrink down and go in and be um uh we like the movie inner space we're gonna shrink down and go inside the blood of the dalek and we got to fix this dalek and what's going on and our soldier friend from before comes with us and you know basically what happens is we go in there we look around this dalek and it's it's tough <laughs> and we heal the dalek like <laughs> find the part that's like wrong about it it gets healed and along the way we find out that the what turned the dalek is that yeah exactly and so we we get in under the hood and, and heal the dalek and we find that uh, the dalek saw the birth of a star somewhere and it was like it saw beauty for the first time and that's why it's it's a good dalek and ultimately after they heal it then the dalek goes back to its old ways and is a murderous <laughs> goes into murderous rage once again so then they're trying like desperately, do. can we get it back to where it was? And Clara makes a point to the doctor of say, like, look, the, the most amazing thing that happened here was that we saw that a Dalek could be good, that 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 is possible, that that can happen and kind of shakes the doctor out of it to, to say like this, this, you know, this is really true. And, and again, I think we do see this is a different kind of doctor, like when the when the Dalek goes back to its like murderous ways, the other thing is all mad at him. He doesn't he's not like upset about it. He's like, yeah, this is how it effing goes around here with this Dalek. Like this is this is what happens. They they manage to Clara goes in. Uh, he's going to going to talk to the Dalek and basically try to get it back to the state that it was in before. And Clara's going to go back and re bring back up to the surface the memories of seeing the star, uh, which she does. The doctor does, too. And the Dalek is able to 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 regain its former sense of self and peace with the universe but it looks inside the doctor's mind and while it does see the beauty of the universe it also sees the hatred of daleks 
And so it turns this Dalek from, yes, it's not a Dalek bent on destruction of other things, but it's now a Dalek who is bent on the destruction of other Daleks and, and the doctors sort of resign that it's like oh it's still destruction like i can't i can't get it it's not really a good dalek the very end of the episode so they get back out and they they rematerialize the daleks immediately on the ship are dispatched and the the dalek forces that are in the battle uh it sends a message to retreat and it talks to the dalek and says you know we i wanted you to be a good dalek and it says well you're a good dalek the doctor Mm -hmm. is is sort of the the good dalek and then the very very end is clara saying you asked me if you're a good man and I said, I don't know, but I think you're trying to be a good man. And maybe that's all that any of us can really be. And I thought that was a nice ending. And then she goes back and meets her her soldier fella. But um, and so I'm like wondering where that's where that's mm-hmm. going. But you're you're telling me I'm gonna learn more about Clara, so maybe it's the beginning of it. But I'll leave it there, John. Oh, what, what did I miss here? I think you captured you captured. This is uh, Stephen Moffat uh, and Phil Ford, who I think wrote The Waters of Mars. Is maybe the last thing that uh, he did there. This is, yeah, this is a couple themes starting off here. We've got uh, Danny Pink, the introduction of Danny Pink, who is does become a regular character through the season here, and obviously a love interest for Clara. Uh, and uh, um, a good introduction. I, this is uh, Samuel Anderson, I believe, is the actor who plays him. Uh, very good. We've got the, the You, uh, Am I a Good Man, uh, which is, uh, so if the, the trailer for this season, this was, uh, the 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 question he asked her when they're sitting in the TARDIS was a prominent part of the trailer. Again, setting up like this is supposed to be a major theme. What kind of man is the Doctor? And clearly, and even the last episode, of Deep Breath sets us up a little bit. He's clearly struggling with his identity and when what is. We have the uh, and so it's a, it's a a fun, exciting episode. There's good special effects. We have another appearance of Missy. Uh, remember, we've got the uh, the soldier who dies from shooting the thing in the antibodies or something like that. And Missy uh, is in the uh, sees her in the in the garden or whatever. I do enjoy the for some reason. I just like the she's like, you know, they're sitting there having tea or something like that. And then the, the soldier's like, where am I? What's happening? And she's Missy's just like, oh, tea. And she's like, little splosh. I just like the little, little splosh. Uh, I, I now whenever I offer people drinks, I'm just like <laughs> little splosh. I don't know why. We'll come back to this in the theme section, but this also introduces a very weird theme, which is the doctor and soldier. Uh, a couple times it's sort of like, oh, are you a soldier? And oh, I don't really like soldiers. And she asks, right. remember the woman tries to ask to come with him at the end and is like, ah, I wish I could, but you're a soldier. Uh, and it's just like, okay, well, that's that's coming out of nowhere. So we'll come back to that uh, towards the end. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a strong, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a strong sort of, it's a strong episode of like, ah, do I, you know, here we are wrestling with the doctor, is he a good person or not or something? Oh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I'm still not sure about how that all plays out to myself. But yeah, again, I think it's a very strong. It is a good. Uh, it's a good episode. We're getting now. We've got I think Capaldi the way he wants to play the role. Right. This is this is how he's. Uh, you know, this is now he's no longer got this post regeneration thing. This is how he's playing it. So I think we're starting. But so gonna be prickly like that opening that clip. Right. Um, making her say please and like he's kind of being like a <laughs> and. I think also some um, he's got there's they're starting the interplay between him and Clara is also starting to be a little bit like he keeps kind of insulting her right when they first meet in the TARDIS and like he's saying something like, like you look older or something like or oh, oh you're going out on a date or something he's like oh you're gonna you're gonna put on some makeup or something <laughs> she's like she's like he's like oh you haven't yeah. or so, I don't know anyway yeah but yeah, they're getting a little bit more of a prickly relationship but uh, yeah it's an entertaining episode 
Uh, and uh, a lot of the special effects, by the way, very good. Uh, the opening sort of spaceship chase, and you get a lot of Daleks and blowing things up and all that kind of stuff. Why don't we move over to our classic episode of uh, the Invisible Invisible Enemy? Invisible Enemy. This is <clears throat> season fifteen, story number two. It is the ninety third <laughs> Doctor Who story mm-hmm. ever invented, ever discovered. <laughs> it's when they're it's when they're really humming now. Really humming like, along. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, it's a four parter, <laughs> which I always appreciate. Mm-hmm. like that you do like that the it aired the month of october 1977 just before i was born just before right when you were born so yeah this is this would be this could be my birth story it was like a birthstone it aired between the first and the 22nd of october and this is it this is yeah. this is it folks this is when i came into the world was on this story oh, and so it. you were like Damn born <laughs> so you were born you're yeah. crying. They like cleaned out your mouth and stuff. And then you immediately said, like, could we turn it to uh, BBC? If you don't mind, could we turn yes, this to yes, television? Yes. Does, do you get BBC in here? <laughs> look, look, when I said lifelong Doctor Who fan, I, I meant it, folks. I That's meant right. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do we have? We have the fourth Doctor. We have Leela. And Leela. yes. And here yes. He comes. Here he comes, folks. Coming Canine. at you. Canine. Canine. Mm-hmm. The character who commands the screen like no other. <laughs> And it's clearly such a very advanced piece of machinery. <laughs> but let's listen to a clip from Invisible Enemy, which Sean has prepared for us. Who are you? I am the nucleus. You're trespassing, you know. Treading on my unconscious, affecting my metabolic... Nucleus of what? The nucleus of the swarm. Oh. Oh, I see. Why did you choose my brain? Because of your intelligence. Oh, well, I can understand that, but you realize you have no right? I have every right. It is the right of every creature across the universe to survive, multiply, and perpetuate its species. How else does the predator exist? We are all predators, Doctor. We kill, we devour to live. Survival is all. You agree? Oh, yes, I do, I do. And on your argument, I have a perfect right to dispose of you. Of course. The law is survival of the fittest. Touche. Your time is running short. How do you intend to dispose of me? You have no weapons, and in minutes, you will cease to exist. I am the virus and the nucleus of the swarm. For millennia, we have hung dormant in space, waiting for the right carriers to come along. Carriers? What do you mean, carriers? I'm not a porter. Hey. Little tribute. Order. Little tribute to Porter. Yeah. <sighs> he's not. He's declaring how vehemently how he's not me. It's I true. get it. But, uh, you know, I mean, could there be a more classic Doctor Who scene? You have Tom Baker inside his own brain talking to a amorphous <laughs> black blob with a little claw that's sort of waving yeah, around. A little claw. <laughs> <laughs> and we see, get to see the whole shrimp oh, later. Oh, yeah, the whole prawn comes up later, yeah. <clears throat> And, you know, it dawns on me that, like, anyway, he says, I'm not a porter. And, and we're like, yeah, you know, I'm not the doctor. And John's mm-hmm. the doctor of this podcast. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a companion. Now. I think I'm the canine of this yeah, podcast. You're the utility player. Yep. I'm the utility player. I come in. I, when needed, I can do anything. Mm-hmm. I can do mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. anything. And could, and then occasionally I just run out of batteries. And I <laughs> I just put say, in a quarter. When not <laughs> needed. <laughs> Um, all right, I think I can go through this plot actually very quickly because basically they're going through I only through have space. half a page of notes on this episode. Yes, I, I believe, also do not have a lot. Right, and I believe the doctor says, I'm taking Leela here because it's like, ah, oh, this is when humans start to explore space a little bit more. And they're yeah. they're out on Io, I think. Is that what Titan. they said? They're, they're on, out on Titan. They're on Titan, a moon yeah. of Saturn. 
and there and a lot of people think well there's a lot of science fiction about how you would get onto some of the moons of jupiter or saturn and that is where our our Right. But there's also like all sorts of gases we could use. I think I think because I think Titan is supposed to be a fueling station. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so there he's there to show them that they're about to take their step into space. But when he gets there, there's a virus there mm-hmm. that it's a, it's like a mind virus because they look at each other and then cool special effects mind yeah. viruses <laughs> happen. And, and it then, takes uh, over they, people and gives they, them crazy eyebrows. <laughs> right. Yes. Crazy eyebrows. Uh, and of course, uh, this is a Bob Baker and Dave Martin script. So, of course, like Eldrad must live. There's a contact has been made. Like there has to be a, a thing you yes. say every time. Yes. That's when you know the virus has taken hold. Yeah. So that virus is spreading through things. And it actually pretty quickly takes the doctor. And then yep. and, and right that kind of supercharges it, right? Because it gets into the doctor and kind mm-hmm. of, I don't know, advances. So. They take the doctor back and the the I guess he's a doctor too, right? Doctor Marius. Yes, yes, Freddie Yeager. He's not not a time lord, but he he's a medical doctor. Yeah, medical. And doctor. They say, oh yeah, the doctor has this now, and uh, what we need is. Then he's like, oh yeah, what we need is to clone you. Uh, of course, I can clone <laughs> you. It takes very yeah. easy. <laughs> But we have these temporary clones. It's this idea right. that you can have clones, but they're exact copies. Um, and have your all your experiences, they your experiences. But, yeah. but they like i don't they're know what for 10 they, minutes they self-destruct what they, happens they they're they not stable or something and they'll just yeah. kind of disintegrate and i think uh i think uh uh they do shut it up they explain like this is a technology people came up with or whatever and then marius is like yeah but doctor it's really just a parlor trick right it's useless because it, they don't last but they yeah they, right. the main thing was you have to figure out a way to clone someone and keep all their experiences uh, right. Because obviously, if you just clone, well, as, says, as anyone who's seen Clonus, right, the the, the, clone, <laughs> the movie knows yeah. how clones work. Uh, Clonus horror feature on MSC through K. Yeah, yeah, people, uh, MSC through K. So they decide. Well, clearly, we should also miniaturize you and inject you. And in. not enough that we're making clones of you. We also are going to miniaturize you, inject you into your own mind. Yeah. Yeah. They do that. They go in. They talk to the virus. We just mentioned he's a little. Well, first, he's just a little guy inside the mind sticking out one little shrimp claw. Yeah. And then they blow up and and he comes up the tear duct. Yes. And they rematerial. They they magnify them. Yeah. They embiggen the virus. And, well, and it's, yeah, the doctor and leader are dead. The other clones are gone. They, but well, yes, they explode. The or whatever. They expire. Yeah. Yeah, the virus. Right, out. right. The 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 nucleus of the swarm. Uh, and he's a little shrimp guy. He's mm-hmm. so cute, and he's just like has all his little arms. Well, and he's they... so funny because he's commanding them all so yeah. so strongly, and it's just he's this helpless little helpless. shrimp. And what's great is that you can clearly tell that it's an actor, probably a stuntman, on his knees with that costume and. As they're moving along, he's clearly rolling along on a little, like he's on like yeah. a little, like, you know, one of those wheel things that they'd move like amps or something like the, the road. He's like, they're just wheeling him along. But yeah, it's great. <laughs> oh, I should have mentioned because this actually is important. The entire time of this episode from the beginning, maybe from minute two, Leela's like, why don't we just blow this all yeah. up? <laughs> because it's, it's too far gone. There's no point. Like, let's just blow this all up. And there's a lot of talk throughout. It's like, no, we should really like be intelligent about it and not just be so f- quick to to violence and, and whatever. And that's not the answer to every problem. Well, so anyway, Leela seems to have some <clears throat> innate immunity to this. And when right. Leela's clone blows up and remains in the doctor's mind, that antibody remains there. 
And so then they're able to isolate it and uh, give the antibody to Dr. Marius and some others on the on the planet. And they're saying, oh, we can we should send it down to the base. And if we can get it into the base, it will stop the eggs from reproducing. And they have this whole plan that basically <laughs> hinges on Tom Baker carrying a box around. Then he gets shot and drops the box. And then it's yeah. like, well, mm-hmm. that's so much for the antidote. Um, <laughs> and then now we have to blow up the planet, which they do. And then, you know, and, and no credit is given to Leela for like, yeah, that's probably what we should have known. She's like, that with. was my idea. And he's like, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then my memory was there was a terrible joke at the very end of the episode. Oh, I hope. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, so, sorry. They leave canine. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, canine is there. The doctor. So now we know the origin of canine. This doctor. He's Marius' on dog. Earth, like, you know, probably like, I don't know what year it is, but it's probably like 3000 or something. Yeah, it's way out there. He's made this dog because he's left Earth and he misses his dog. So he made a robot dog, but Mm -hmm. he might as well make the most powerful robot in the world dog. Yeah. Why not? Still moving around as slow as ever, but somehow confounding everyone. Like everyone seems helpless against canine, but it seems so (laughs) ridiculous. And uh, the doctor asks to take canine on the mission with him. They... And it's a weird little thing where he says, like, oh, I can't tell you why, but we're like almost like he's tricking him. But I didn't understand the need for it. Like, I, it was just well, he, he says, I, I'm, I'm supposed to go home. I'm actually supposed to go back to Earth and I can't. No, no, no. Before. Me. Yes, that's when the, he takes him forever. Mm-hmm. But when he's taking him down to the mission to try to mm-hmm. stop the, the spawning mm-hmm. grounds, he's like, can I take K-9? He's like, why? And he's like. Well, uh, for very important things, I can't tell you about. Oh, yes, of course. It was just this weird, like, he's tricking, but I didn't understand the point of it. It would have taken longer to explain. I don't know. And then, yes, at the end, Dr. Marius says, I have to go back to Earth now. It would be a big favor. Could you just, can you take care of K9? And Leela is like a teenager, like, oh, can we please? Can we please take K9? So they stay. And then Dr. Marius says, I sure hope he's TARDIS trained. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Uh, you know what? I have to say, this is probably my favorite K9 episode. <laughs> Because right. he's just a... sort of there in the background and like, I don't know. I didn't mind him. It's fine. Well, he's got, I mean, it's kind of a sweet. It, it actually is a logical. It's like you can't bring a dog to space with you. Makes sense. Uh, and I might build a robot. If you had the technology, I might build a robot to replace him. And, be, and you need an assistant. You need a computer assistant. So maybe. Uh, yeah, this is Bob Baker and Dave Martin, who are notorious for ambitious episodes that really stretch the um, the production values of Doctor Who. And I think this is a uh, this is no exception to that. Uh, as you might have guessed, this is Doctor Who's answer to Star Wars. Uh, Star, this came out. Star Wars came out May twenty fifth, nineteen seventy seven. This comes out in the fall. This is when the producer Graham Williams went to see it in the theater and stuff. They were just like, "Oh, sci fi has changed," uh, and that's why all these model effects, right? I mean, there's a lot of oh. spaceships flying around, clearly all on right. strings. Uh, <laughs> it's just. I was like, like, this is what you got from this Star is, Wars. They've also also K9 is R2D2, right? Cute oh, robots God. that are doing stuff. This is uh, yeah, this is it. This is Doctor Who's answer to Star Wars. Wrong K-9 answer. K9, <laughs> you'll you'll be sorry to hear. There are actually two endings filmed to it, one where K9 goes and one where K9 stays. So they weren't sure. They had K9 is is a fully remote controlled prop. 
but the problem was that uh, the cameras and his remote controls were on similar frequencies so that every once in a while <laughs> the prop would just lose control and just, just fly into a wall or something. Like but they that. realized they had lightning in a bottle <laughs> and they're like, we'll, we'll find a way around it. <laughs> yes, there is uh, uh, Freddie Yeager. Is, uh, Marius, we've seen Freddie Yeager before. He was the professor also in the planet of evil, which was the one with the, the, um, the antimatter monster. And he's the guy who keeps try- turning. He's turning into it's the Jekyll and Hyde one, right? With, uh, Sarah, he's turning into the monster and he has to drink. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, doing a, doing an interesting accent here. <laughs> doing, like, yeah. They were Give like, Hey, do an accent. He's like, okay, <laughs> I got this one. I got this one in my hip pocket here. Uh, you've got, uh, uh, John Leeson is the voice of K9. He's also voice of the virus here. Uh, so doing double work. I don't know if he's in the costume or not. Uh, I, one little, there's a cute, uh, I mean cute, but, uh, interesting thing. Uh, if you look in the hospital, the, the LL foundation or whatever it's called, if you look at all the signs and stuff on the wall, they sort of said, okay, well, it's the far future. So all the words will be spelled sort of corrupted, right? The language will change. Then they sort of posited that probably people will be, it'll be more phonetic. So hmm. like exit is spelled E G G S I T. If you look above like the doors and stuff like that, like a, a weird detail, little yeah. detail. Yes. That they worked out. Um, and yeah, this is obviously fantastic voyage, right? So this is a, was Irwin Allen, 1966, I think a uh, movie with uh, Donald Pleasance. I've never, have you ever seen fantastic? Voyage? I don't think I've no, seen it. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, um, Asimov uh, wrote the novelization. Uh, it's not based on one of his stories, but uh, but I, I was looking it up uh, when I was prepared. Again, uh, folks, we actually prepare for this. Uh, this is this is what this is what this podcast looks like when we try. That's uh, right. <laughs> so, um, uh, but uh, yeah, um, uh, Fantastic Voyage, uh, not written by Asimov, but he novelized the the story later. But it was also well received at the time. People really liked it, so apparently, I'm, I kind of maybe want to go back and watch it. Uh, but then, yes, the the other movie, the sort of I don't know if it's a remake or sort of a remake of Fantastic Voyage, is Inner Space, which is the yeah. definitely was a movie that I think I saw in the theater. I don't know about you, but it came out right at the heyday of I feel like, like I saw a lot. I, feel like time. I really liked Martin Short, yeah, and so I, I think I but is Meg Ryan is, the girlfriend and isn't is yeah. Ryan? yeah yeah and I think I saw it. It's weird because this would have been, I guess, VHS era. So then did I rent it a lot after? Because I, I saw it a lot, but we didn't own it. You'd like you didn't own VHS tapes. That no, was they're very 80 bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I suspect I think this was a birthday party movie kind of thing. Right. That, that's what I feel like I've seen this with friends. And I feel like it was because I think it was a I think it's a PG or PG 13. I don't think it's particularly violent or anything like that. Because, yes, it's it's Dennis Quaid inside in a little spaceship inside accidentally gets injected into Martin Short, who's playing a role. It's not not a true story. (laughs) And uh, and then there's isn't there a bad guy? There's also a bad guy that gets injected into Martin Short. Yeah, he's probably uh, Libyan or out. Russian or something. <laughs> yeah, something. I think he's Russian. Uh, it was actually, it's actually not a bad movie. Um, but I think I was reading about that too. It's like, um, uh, I think uh, didn't do really well at the box office, but then kind of exploded on on video. After oh, mainly because apparently I've rented it every week. <laughs> <laughs> you constantly running. And uh, yeah, it's it's a it is I I put in my notes. It's very Web Planet like. So remember the Web Planet, mm. the first Doctor story. In that it is a very ambitious story that Bob Baker and Dave Martin said, hey, we want to do a story where you go inside the brain of the doctor and wander around for a while and fight a virus. 
Uh, and I think actually I do. This is one I definitely remember from being a kid. Well, again, from birth, uh, I remember vividly these moments from birth. <laughs> but the them being attacked by the doctor's white blood cells, which are just big cotton balls that just get like, big <laughs> yeah, beach yeah. balls that get thrown at the actors who then have to pretend they're being killed by the, the white blood cells. That's that's I think what I remember the image from this the most. I get by with a little help from my themes. Oh, I get high with a little help from my themes. With a little help from my themes. Porter does not endorse getting high. Disclaimer. No, I don't. I think all drugs should be. I'm going the other way. You know, people want to legalize drugs. Mm -hmm. I want to make more drugs illegal thing. yeah <laughs> i'm gonna make tylenol Aspirin, out of here yeah out of here i know it's turning us into a bunch of crybabies that's right that's right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. bug spray done <laughs> not even a drug <laughs> just things that aren't uh, that are chemicals are you worried are you uh, you're like my kids are hooked on bug spray i'm really worried about it <laughs> big pharma is kind of hooked bug on spray bug spray <laughs> uh we are adherents of the repeating themes here none on the my probe we'd like to look for ideas topics that are threaded through <laughs> doctor who and all of time and space uh and we like to talk about them john what did you want to bring up with these a uh, couple episodes well let's start i think it'll be it's going to be developed for the rest of the season but in a weirder even weirder but i, I kind of want to let's get it out now and sort of figure out where we stand on it before we figure out what where the heck Stephen Moffat's going with it but let's talk okay. about the doctor and soldiers this this suddenly out of nowhere very right strong and and believe me it keeps coming back especially once we see the doctor meet Danny Pink and, you know, oh, I, it basically, I don't like soldier, which is like, okay, but isn't your best friend, the brigadier, like, <laughs> like isn't, haven't you, right. you worked for units? Your best friend is a soldier. You've, you've been, you've been connected to soldiers a lot. Isn't this a weird sending? So what do we, I don't know. What I do mean, we he think? was the war doctor too. I mean, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah, what is the, what do we think the doctor's relationship to the military is? Is he, is he I mean, he's not a pacifist. What is he? Right. I mean, there's been, and part of the unit thing was mm-hmm. that there's a tension there. They come at problems differently. And that was often from the ones I've seen has often been the, thrust of you know that that unit is sort of made out to the military is made out to be these sort of shoot first ask questions later kind of one solution for everything you know everything looks like a nail to the person with a hammer like it's always the brigadier is always saying like who can we shoot what can we do you know but (laughs) has a relationship with the doctor and and sort of the doctor appreciates like he I feel like he has reacted to the military throughout the stories as I am not them. Uh, I have a different sort of mandate than them, but I understand what they're doing. And sometimes that's needed. And sometimes I'm ne- I'm needed and I work with, you know, so like this, the the extreme reaction to it this time did seem out of nowhere. Not that the doctor has been always like real a big friend to the military right. it's just it it's never been antagonistic i that that was new. yeah and and it's like also it's like um fine be anti-generals or you know people who use the military or something like that right like those are the right. the people who put people into like uh you know but don't be why would you not like this woman who's a soldier who probably didn't have any choice 
uh, but to be and now, uh, folks, I'm going to drop a little little academia on you because this is actually what I do for a living. Uh, I'm a soldier. <laughs> no, soldier of love. Soldier of love. <laughs> I teach military ethics is one of the things I'm doing, uh, and it has always been one of the sort of classic uh, tenets of just war theory is that the rank and file sold are moral equivalents, right? That actually, uh, traditionally, uh, you would look at like, so even, you know, once there's, there's, there's justice uh, um, of war, right? Before you, is the war started? Is it the right, who's in the right, who's in the wrong, right? And usually the invader is in the wrong. Side. But then there's also the second sort of justice in war uh, theorem, which basically says, it doesn't matter who started the war, all the soldiers are moral equivalents, right? Like, because soldiers, you know, they don't, they're, a lot of them are conscripted or they don't have a ton of choice. They're trained to follow orders. Like, there's, you know, you can't just say you're following orders. You, you can't be completely absolved. But basically, we don't blame you. You still get the same rights and protections or whatever in war, uh, no matter which side you're on, because it's not really down to you. And so, you know, you think that would be the doctor would sort of recognize like, yeah, it's not I, I can like I cannot like the politician and maybe not the generals. You take that sort of black hat or World War One view, right, of like, uh, um, you know, it's a bunch of uh, uh, just poor people in the trenches and a bunch of maniacs running the, running the show. But yeah, so it's, it's suddenly to come out of it sort of like, oh, I don't like, and it's like, oh, I don't like, are you, you're not a pacifist. The doctor's never been a pacifist. And so no. he's used, used soldiers in his interests before. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, maybe, maybe this is a post day of the doctor. Like, oh yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm really, but uh, I, I guess, I guess Matt Smith remembers everything that happened in Day of the Doctor. It's everybody else that doesn't. Um, Tennant and 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 everybody before the war, they don't remember any of that. But I guess Matt Smith can maybe remember. So then, presumably Capaldi. So maybe this is right. a post Matt Smith regeneration is your reaction to 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 soldiers or, or to to the the war doctor's militarism. So to like war itself. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like everything that touches war. I'm. You know, why must this always be where we, we go to? But yeah, it just seems like a very strange, like you said, it seems like a strange, broad generalization that like, you know, because to me, there's also a difference between becoming a soldier um, where there's a lot of choice in the matter. Like you could do many things and you decide to become a soldier or you're born during a certain era where there's a lot of war and you're so yeah. like everyone's a soldier basically who's so like it seems so odd to be like i don't know and then of course that's a generalization too because you'd have many reasons for wanting to become a soldier but yeah it feels like this little bit of a, like oh anyone who becomes a soldier they're just like kind of bloodthirsty and and aggressive and and whatever it just seems just seems bizarre. Now, you said this does become a thread through the season. Yeah, and uh, it creates this antagonism between the Doctor and Danny Pink when he eventually meets him. Uh, and then it's sort of resolved at the end in a weird... I don't know. We'll, we'll get to all that. Um, yeah, it's... it's a, But uh, yeah, so this is, this is some... I, again, I'm sort of struggling to... What's the motivation here? Because, yeah, historically, the Doctor has... Uh, we haven't gotten to yet. We will in a few more episodes. This, the The first episode with the Daleks is all about the Thals are pacifists and don't they're like, well, then they'll come and destroy us. And the doctor's like, no, you have to kill them. You have to fight them. <laughs> it's like, okay. So he's not, he's clearly not against violence or anything like that. And he's clearly turning people into soldiers. So maybe, maybe there need to be a little more trauma uh, or something like that, uh, that, that led to this. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, and those sub themes that I want to talk about here um, is obviously the invisible enemy is a, metaphor for the woke mind virus 
Uh, oh, sure. Yes, of course. <laughs> the woke mind virus. Now that is that is that when we look back at our history, it's similar to we just last episode we did the towns of Wang Chang and we're like, oh, I'm really embarrassed by this uh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. yellow face and the stuff like that. Are we <laughs> when are we gonna look back? When is some of these people gonna look back and be like, what were we talking about? Mind viruses? What? <laughs> so wait, people were just sort of trying not to be as racist, and we were telling them that they had a mind virus in them. Uh, you know, I uh. if you I have had conversations with woke lesbians, and little lightning bolts come from their eyes, and Ooh, they try yeah. to, and, you, and you're like, contact <laughs> has been made, and you're like, no, no, it hasn't, no, it hasn't. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to the rankings. John, how are you doing? Check in. It's a check-in point of the episode. Good. I, I am uh, I am still reasonably woke. So I, okay, I, good. Uh, okay, good. <laughs> there are 300 in official... A fun Doctor- way. In a light, in a fun way. How much longer will there be 300 official Doctor Who television stories? When is it air? Uh, ooh, November. It's coming soon. We haven't got an official date yet. We're now, we're now into the final stretch, though. So I, I'm looking for Doctor Who news to start coming fast and furious, folks. Um, so and as always, up. when the Doctor Who news comes, you will hear it on this podcast news about breaks. seven to eight weeks later. <laughs> yeah, so news just breaks. Mind probe is there. We should have a local news. Like, <laughs> 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 when news breaks, team mind probe is there. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure as of the airing of this, there's still only 300 official yep. Doctor yeah, Television. Yeah, we have ranked 174 of them. We're going to rank a couple more. So let me pull up my old rankings here. Yeah, what you got? Uh, what you got? You got there, Mason. The Into the Dalek. I mm. have uh, at 52. Nice. Um, so again, 107. So it's near to the top. I enjoyed this one a lot more than Deep Breath. I thought mm. they were finding their footing. I put it right below Cold War. Reminded me, weirdly, a lot of that one. It's funny hmm. that the other one was when Star Trek first started because, yeah, the opening sequence is very Star Trek of the big battle. Dalek oh, battle. yeah. Mm. Or Star Wars. Star Wars. Star, Star Wars. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah, I had it right around there. I also have it around two other Dalek episodes, uh, mm. Just Above Remembrance of the Daleks and Power of the Daleks. So I don't Love know. the Daleks. A You're Dalek a Dalek area there. maniac. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, 52. I think this is good. I'm excited to see more of the um, 12th Doctor. Invisible Enemy, I had on the lower end of things, but mm-hmm. nah, I'm kind of in the middle. Uh, hmm. So uh, I had it a 109, just around Terror of the Autons, actually just above Time of the Doctor, which is not one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sea Devils, Day of the Daleks, Colony in Space, Wheel in Space. We were talking about Wheel in Space. And uh, we love wheels. yeah, it was mm. fine. And you know what? <laughs> Honestly, this is one of those that like, had this been six episodes, it would have moved down about 20 more spots. But it's like, you know, it just kind of moved through and it was four episodes and then it was done. And Tom Porter Baker and Lilo were... Brevity. That's his thing. We're fine. Yeah, and, brevity uh, is his thing. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I like both of them. I thought the... um, I feel like the fourth Doctor ones with the bad special effects have... I, I give them the most... I'm most apologetic around them. I don't know that the sixties era bad sci-fi effects feel campy in a great way. Mm-hmm. And so the dumb green screen of them walking around in the brain and the cotton balls, as you mentioned, feels like fun to me. I don't, I just don't mind it. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, I'm giving it sounding like I'm ranking it really high. I'm ranking it 109, <laughs> but but definitely not like in the basement or anything like that. Yeah, I, we're we're in an agreement here. The rare oh, mind oh. probe agreement, folks. Yeah, I think um uh, into the Dalek, I've got it number sixty three, just above closing time, which is the Matt Smith and the Toy Store one. Solid episode. I I I think 
I like where uh, I like where they're taking Peter Capaldi by this point. I think if I'm remembering it right, like that. Okay, uh, he's going to be a little bit prickly. Uh, he's I like the um, uh, they really are playing up, and this continues for a while. Is sort of you know he's like um, you know introducing uh, being rude to her when she's in the TARDIS, making her say please. The you know when he, when he brings Clara back, the banter with them, but then also he gets onto the space station and um, they're trying. He's like, "This is Clara. She's my uh, and she's like, don't say companion or whatever." And he goes, "She's my carer. She cares, so I don't, I don't have, have to." to. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And uh, and he does this. He does it too. Is like. I don't, this person, he doesn't remember their names and he's kind of like, I deleted you or I didn't really think about, I don't really remember. Are you the same person yeah. that I talked to last time? I like that. I think that's like, okay. Yeah. Um, and it's not, you know, I think some people are like, oh, he's being mean or something. It's not, it's not being mean. It's just, if you think about it, if you were that character, if you've been around for that long and you thought about the universe in those proportions, especially when you're dealing with Daleks, which are arch enemies, you do that. So yeah, I like, I like all, um, I like all that. And I think this is a, a, a solid episode with, uh, uh, um, good special effects and everything uh and then yeah the invisible enemy uh you have it 63 is 63 yep uh and then um this little enemy i've got at number 102 uh i think this is around uh again same roughly if it's your just about victory of the daleks and uh yeah it's just another one of those classic as a kid it's great right i mean inside the doctor and robots blasting things and uh, there's a lot of laser gun. There's a lot of lengthy laser gun battles that are not <laughs> yes, exciting. <they> are. <laughs> um, but and you've got the special effects and the um, you know with the little models and stuff, which is with your the, kid spe- is the laser gun fine. battles are so funny because the sh- the pointing of the gun isn't where the people are, but neither is the graphic <laughs> of the shooting of the gun. And then the person falls, and none of those three things are, seem to be in the same spot. There's but. also a great moment, and I assume it's they had to do it in multiple takes, and that's. The, but there's a great moment where they're like, "Canine, blast this wall!" And the wall is already clearly cracked, in, like it's clearly already broken. Uh, and then just sort of falls over after canine blasted. And it's like, oh, yeah, that wasn't that was not great. Yeah, but it's a it's a, you know, I think I think I give a lot of points to them whenever they try to do something that may be a little bit beyond their reach. <laughs> it's, again, I think is bold to do. Uh, uh, and uh, um, uh, so I give them I give them some points for the creativity and things like that. So, yeah, I've got a number one or two. Well, um, yeah, you're right. These are very close together. And when we put it in the old supercomputer, the sum of its uh, the 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 parts are greater than the whole because you ranked it sixty three, I ranked it fifty two. Together, it's ranked fiftieth. Wow! Into the Dalek, and then and then similarly, in the other direction, you ranked it one hundred two, I ranked it one hundred nine. It becomes one sixteen. <laughs> uh, the Invisible Enemy <laughs> around the- a real. Uh, a group right here, Dalek, an unearthly child, and modern undead are all ranked at one thirteen. So it's a, that is an interesting yeah. grouping. Not like Dalek. Well, let's, uh, we forgot to do this last episode, so I apologize oh, to folks. Yes. But the magazine. Is, let's talk about the Doctor Who magazine. Yeah, yeah. So they've now completed all the rankings, uh, and now they're into the final round where they're taking the top three. So they're anyway, canceling the magazine. Yeah, they're, canceling the magazine yeah. over. They've done it. So let's see. Um, the Into the Dalek, that makes number 25 of 35 of the Peter Capaldi stories. Oh, okay. So during the lower, lower part. Interesting. They yeah. ranked Deep Breath higher than that. Yeah. Uh, yes. Deep Breath is 17. So, yeah. Um, not quite interesting. Interesting. Uh, but this is uh, also um, here's what's interesting is, of course, they hadn't there are no previous rankings. Right. So these are this is they have not done this poll 
since Peter Capaldi. Uh, so this is the first time kind of we're seeing where his stories are settling out. And obviously some mm-hmm. of them are still so fresh. Uh, and, uh, and then you got the invisible enemy that comes in at number 34 of 41. So definitely very close to the bottom. In the bottom of the Tom Baker. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, right above Creature from the Pit, which we've seen right above Invasion of Time. So, um, uh, you know, I think maybe the, the canine, the, the shortness of it probably helps as well. Obviously, a lot of the controversy because a lot of people don't know this, but John Leeson performed in virus space. Oh, he, was, God, he is yeah. not a virus. Uh, he's, he's not a, a prawn. Yeah, he's not a prawn. And so, you know, a lot of the prawn community got very upset. <laughs> <laughs> the prawn community. So, um, uh, and then interestingly, did you, did you guys do much for prawn week this year? No, <laughs> we, yeah, we know it's sad, sad that we just don't write. Um, but then interestingly, he was also weirdly in makeup as an Asian person underneath the prawn. Why? A lot Why? of it, it just felt know. like it, unnecessary. Just, yeah, that's not yeah. needed. Wow, wow. <laughs> you can see more of our racist tirades on mindprobe.show. Uh, we also have our rankings, and you can subscribe to the episodes. Um, and by the way, you can check us out on YouTube. This whole, by the way, if you're just listening to this with your ears, you could be engaging other senses right There's now. There's a mind probe experience. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, Go a, to yeah. youtube.com slash at mindprobeshow or just search for No Not the Mind Probe. Uh, if you search for No Not the Mind Probe, you will get the clip of No Not the Mind Probe. Mm-hmm. And then, like, one or two down, you'll see us. Right. Then fall down the rabbit hole. Then, then you'll get into the rabbit hole of all our episodes. Uh, not all of them are in video on YouTube. No, it started no, about a no. year ago. Um, People but, said, yeah, we please, have to see you. We have, have to see you. We need People demanded to see it. your faces. People demanded it. So like, oh, you are actually people. We'd love it if you gave a comment, gave a like, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. And of course, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, (laughs) any of your podcast player of choice. We particularly would love if you went and gave a review in Apple Mm -hmm. Podcasts. That'd be Mm -hmm. nice. And you can reach out to us. John at mindprobe.show, Porter at mindprobe.show. Happy to hear from you. Um, John, what do we have in store for next episode? Okay, next episode, um, moving on, Peter Capaldi and Jenna Coleman, we have the meeting Robin Hood. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah it's, uh, cool. we're going to have the meet Robin Hood and some musings on mythology and, and mythological heroes and stuff. Um, it's a, this is a Mark Gatiss, I believe, coming in hot, coming in gay and hot Ooh. Uh, uh, with us uh, in a very amusing episode, The Robot of Sherwood, they did there. Very clever. Oh. Uh, yeah, the robot of Sherwood. So we've paired that. So history buffs, history buffs will know that Robin Hood uh, was occurring during the time of King John, uh, who, of course, was on the throne while King Richard the Lionheart was off fighting the crusade. And so um, we have didn't really mean to do this, but we now have. If you if you love them in yellow face, you're going to you're going to love people in Arab face or whatever you oh, call great. it. There are unfortunately yes again oh, some, but fortunately for well um, yeah uh, it's uh, it's going to be the first doctor uh, and uh, it's going to be the first doctor Ian uh, Barbara and Vicky uh, so a very early one uh, in the Crusade uh, is what's called. You've got uh, that's going to be another one. Uh, 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 there's probably a bunch of different options to see. There's two episodes that exist, two episodes that we have the, f- the video of, uh, and then two episodes that are audio. Uh, and I think they have Telesnap uh, reconstructions. They do not have uh, animated ones. Uh, um, yes, we will have uh, a first Doctor Adventure of the Crusade. Well, that is exciting. 
I'm happy to each week learn about a new culturally insensitive uh, topic that Dr. Mm-hmm. tackles head on. They take mm-hmm. it head on. Yep. Yep. Well, you know, what? racism but... is an injury. We are, we are trying to rip the Band-Aid off uh, of racism and, and, and address it on this podcast, which is why people tune in, I think. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Mainly, they, mainly to hear us talk yeah. about... about... You're like, what about these two middle-aged white guys? <laughs> they seem like they can solve it. <laughs> <laughs> I got something to say. Mindprobe.show.